So tonight our reading follows on from the miraculous catch of fish and the healing of the leper. And we're seeing what Jesus means by fishing for people. The leper came to Jesus to seek him out uh, with faith. And now we have someone who's socially much more acceptable, but he has to rely on others to get to Jesus. In fact, Luke suggests that it's the man's friends who want to bring him to Jesus. But this time, lots of people are watching. All of them are curious, many of them are excited, and some are more than ready to be offended. So we're going to hear from Luke chapter 5, we're going to hear the actual Bible reading, and then we're going to watch a short clip of this from The Chosen. Our reading this evening is taken from Luke chapter 5, verses 17 to 26. One day Jesus was teaching, and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee, and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal those who were ill. Some men came carrying a paralysed man on a mat, and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this, because of the crowd, they went up to the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, Who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who, for, who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, Why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralysed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them and took what, had been lying, what he had been lying on and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. This is the word of the Lord. Jesus of Nazareth! I saw what you did to the leper on the road this morning. My friend has been paralyzed since childhood. He has no hope but you. Please, do for him what you did for the leper. That's a rope! Put it back, man! your tablet at least. Harry! Is he in danger? I don't know. No, I don't think so. He's got room in there? Yes. Can you believe we're really here for this? Yes. 
You! By whose authority do you teach? Answer me! If you are willing, Rabbi, you know you can't. Hey, I'm talking to you! By whom do you teach? Certainly not the authority of any rabbi from Nazareth. Where did you study? Your faith is beautiful. Son, take heart. Your sins are forgiven. Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Right. But I ask you, which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or rise up and walk? It's easy to say anything, no? But to show you and so that you may know that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. I say to you, my son, rise. Pick up your bed and go home. So at the start of our talk, what I'd like to do is just to get you thinking uh, about either or questions, because this passage contains a really interesting, really juicy either or questions. Uh, so I thought I'd fire off some to you as we start. Uh, do please answer them as you're watching. And we'd love to see your thoughts in the comments, uh, both the answer that you'd give and maybe some reasons uh, why, and we'll see uh, how we go. Uh, so here's the first one. First one is dog or cat? Dog or cat? Uh, next one is scrambled or fried? I'm gonna go scrambled. Uh, next one is iOS or Android? Which way are you gonna go on that? Uh, next one is cake or pie? Which would, you, which would you prefer, cake or pie? Uh, next one is 
rich friend or loyal friend? Who are you going to have close by? Rich friend or loyal friend? Work hard or play hard? Which would you prefer? Bath or shower? More money or more free time? Old Testament or New Testament? Peter or Paul? Honesty or not hurting other people's feelings? So just some either or, just to get you into the mood. And just as you're listening now and thinking, you might want to just grab one or two of them. Uh, they'll be up on the screen. And uh, do please comment so we can see uh, what you think. And get ready for a massive either or question uh, coming from Jesus in this passage. So now you've had a chance to think about the either ors. In Luke 5, 18 and 19, we see these friends turn up with a paralyzed man. Two weeks ago, we had Jesus retiring to a boat because of the huge crowds that were pressing in. This time, he's in a house. And try as they may, the friends can't seem to get near. It would have been easy for them to give up or go away or start a fight. Instead, they head up to the roof and they break open a section of the roof and they lower the man right down in front of Jesus so that he literally cannot ignore the man and his very obvious needs. This is a very poignant picture, isn't it? These friends are resourceful and determined and actually a bit reckless in their efforts to get their friend to the feet of Jesus. I wonder how my friends and my loved ones would describe my efforts to bring them to Jesus. Or how would your friends describe yours? Uh, try these words out for size. Maybe uh, they fit. Perhaps uh, you and I are half-hearted or we're judgmental or we're superficial or we're too subtle. Or actually, if truth be told, we actually don't care. Luke, of all the Gospels, is the Gospel that is full of surprises, with Jesus confounding and confusing and reversing expectations at every turn. And here's the first big surprise in this encounter, as we have it described in Luke chapter 5. It seems that Jesus, who's usually so on point, who's so tuned in to what's going on, completely misreads the situation. It's perfectly obvious what the friends are asking Jesus to do, to heal their friend, just as he's healed many others. I mean, do they need to spell it out? Do they need to write it on his forehead? Now, what do they need to do? Instead, Jesus, Luke tells us, seeing their faith, he doesn't heal the man, but he turns to him and says, friend, your sins are forgiven. Now, who said anything about sins? It's a bit insulting, really. Hadn't this man suffered enough already? Now he's getting his sins pardoned in public. Where's the compassion of Jesus now? It looks like this little fish is going to jump out of the net, 
back into the water if that's the welcome that he gets from Jesus. We'll come to the second big turning point, the big either-or question in this story in just a moment. Jesus' great confounding question about his authority and his identity. But let's dwell here for a moment and dive deeper and see what Jesus is actually saying and actually doing in this encounter. Maybe Jesus knows something that they don't. Maybe it's us who's not seeing things clearly enough and the friends and maybe the man himself. Jesus's question and actions don't reveal that he's missed something or that he's being obtuse. They reveal that he sees straight into this man and every person's soul. He knows my and your deepest and most pressing need. This encounter, when you put it together with other things that we read very clearly in the New Testament, suggests that the main, the deepest, the biggest problem in each of our lives is not our pain and our suffering. Now, that is not to minimize anyone's pain, but the deepest problem is our sin and our greed. Perhaps you find that offensive. You want to shout at Jesus, this guy needs a healing. He needs to make a livelihood. He needs to be able to get married or have children. That's what he really needs. What's he done wrong to anybody? A paralyzed man who's been needing to rely on others for all of his life. But Jesus seems very clearly to be saying, this man's deepest need, the place where we need to start, is that like every other person, rich and successful, poor or paralyzed, he's not loving or following God or living for God. He is ignoring God in God's world. Maybe he's caved in to bitterness or meanness or frustration. We don't actually know the specifics. Purely physical healing is not going to be enough, though Jesus will get to that. He needs first and foremost to have things with God put right, put on the level, sorted out. And that's why Jesus starts with those startling words, your sins are forgiven. Remember, it was the same with Simon Peter two weeks ago in the presence of Jesus, his power and his authority. Simon falls on his knees in shame. Simon wasn't being paranoid or oversensitive. For the first time, he was seeing himself as he truly was in the face of holiness and grace. It was painful but it wasn't debilitating. It was painful, but it wasn't humiliating. How many of us underestimate the depths of our longing? How many of us underplay our need? How many of us never go that deep in saying to God what we most truly long for? Never getting past health or a better job 
or a happier family. The biggest and deepest problem for all of us is our effort to build our identity on something other than Jesus. We settle on one or two shallow things that we hope might save us from oblivion and mediocrity. Whereas Jesus stands before us offering to be our saviour, our rescuer, the person who forgives us. Now some of you who are new to the things of God may have come to him already with things that you really believe are the most important things, the deepest things, the most pressing things, and maybe at your right. But maybe you need Jesus himself to show you in grace that sometimes we come to him with things that we feel are vital, but they fall away in the light of his holiness and of his glory. Jesus loves you way too much to offer you frilly and shallow gifts. He wants to restore your soul. He wants to restore the broken masterpiece that you are to strengthen you to live for good and for justice in his world. And that is never going to come cheap or easy. Which brings us to Jesus' deceptively simple question, his big either or. You remember the religious leaders, uh, alarmed at Jesus' growing popularity, spooked by the fact that he uses kingdom of God language with a shocking intimacy and immediacy. These religious leaders have come to check Jesus out and see uh, what he is doing. And Jesus sees their souls too. Now let's not get too proud here. We would probably have been outraged too. Who is this man to so calmly forgive someone else's sins? It wasn't that he was forgiving the paralyzed man for something that he'd done or that he'd said to Jesus in the moment. They'd never actually met each other. Jesus seems to be saying that all the greed and the betrayal and the rebellion in this man's life were ultimately to do with him, Jesus. And so therefore, it's in Jesus' hands to forgive and to make things right. Now, if you haven't got the full force of how big a claim that is, imagine this scenario. You need a passport, and so you go to your GP to ask for their, their signature as a supporting witness. But the GP says, don't worry about this boring old application form. I'll issue you, issue you with a proper passport right here, right now. Don't go to the bother of filling out the normal form. I'll see to it myself. I've got a couple of spare in my, in my drawer. Here, have this one. You'd be rightly thinking, any passport that she gives me isn't going to be worth anything. In fact, it might get me into trouble. I'm going to go down to the post office to do it properly, to get a form that the government approves of. So we should hear and understand the religious leaders and their holy outrage at Jesus as he forgives this paralyzed man's sin. 
and we should hear them squirm as Jesus launches a desperately uncomfortable either-or question at them. Which is easier, Jesus says, to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk? Those poor religious leaders haven't yet had the chance to learn that any question that Jesus asks is going to prove to be very difficult or uncomfortable to answer. Easier to forgive, easier to heal. Now on the first reading, Jesus' question is deceptively clear. Though, if you do want to enjoy uh, an evening this week digging into the commentaries, uh, you will discover plenty to keep you occupied. The first reading of the question seems to be, anyone can say your sins are forgiven. They can utter those words because they are demonstrably hard to prove. But not everyone can heal a paralyzed man. I will show you, says Jesus, that I do have the authority to forgive sin by showing that I have the authority to heal. Now, that is definitely the way we saw it played in the clip from The Chosen that we saw just a few minutes ago. But we can allow ourselves to go a little bit deeper in reflecting on the question that Jesus asks, because it does really require us to think deeply. You could read this question and this encounter and think the forgiveness of Jesus is a cheap and an easy thing, that it's effortless, that it's costless, that it is done with a nonchalant shrug. But as the Gospel of Luke unfolds, we will see that it is going to be infinitely harder and more costly. For Jesus to be really our Saviour, he is going to go all the way to his cross. And forgiveness is never going to be easy or cheap or free, but it will be given, and it will be given generously, and it will be given recklessly. Now this autumn, we would love all of you uh, to go deeper. Uh, we're so delighted that you are part of our online family here at Christchurch. You belong here. But as both the paralyzed man and his friends learned, and the religious leaders learned, Jesus is always calling us to go deeper, to look beyond, to allow him to change even what we feel are the most important, the most challenging issues that we face. Now there are lots of ways to go deeper. We're going to have a chance to do so in our service in a moment. We found that one of them is the Alpha Course, and a little later on in the service, uh, we're going to hear about the Alpha Course and all the opportunities that provides you to go deeper and to think and to ask uh, really good questions and to hear them answered. In a few moments, we're going to go uh, into another song and we'll have a chance uh, to reflect together uh, in some of the time we have left to us during this service. I want to give you some things that you might want to mull over or reflect on or pray through as we do so. Uh, the first, I guess, is for those of us who are more established as Christians. And the question, it really revolves around, 
the example that the friends of Jesus set for us. Think about how resourceful and determined and reckless they were in bringing their friends to the foot of Jesus. And so it may be that you just need to pause for a moment and, and say sorry to God because actually you don't really care about your friends or your efforts uh, to share faith with them are clumsy or judgmental. Uh, let's take this chance uh, to think about those people that God is particularly putting on our hearts and to pray for ourselves and to pray for them, in a sense to bring them spiritually and prayerfully uh, before Jesus and to ask uh, for him to step into their hearts and into their lives. The second thing that you might want to mull over is really uh, the thing that you identify as your most pressing need. The thing that is occupying your heart, your time, your soul, your energy. Now, that you may be absolutely right in what you've decided that is. But we should all be open to Jesus gently getting us to lay things down and saying, I hear all the things that you are concerned about but there are deeper and more pressing things that we need to attend to. And lastly, that you may have never actually heard the words, your sins are forgiven, spoken to you. Churches are not, when they're doing their thing, places of shame or places of embarrassment. If there are big loads of unforgiveness that you are carrying, things that you want to put right with God, now would be a fantastic time to do so. We've seen how God responds to sin with grace and with forgiveness. So let's use this time now to pray, to think, to reflect. If you'd like to put any questions, in the comments then please do if you'd like someone to pray for you and with you just pop that in the comments as well so we can immediately pick that up but let's ask God to lead us now as we pray and think together